Well, awesome. Well, hey, uh, welcome everybody again to the 6am Run podcast. Excited to have you here. Uh, super, super excited for this guest today. Well, not going to lie, uh, was not expecting a response, uh, was not expecting a quick response. So, you know, if you guys could see me, I'd be bowing down right now to our guest. But, you know, before we get into that, you know, I definitely want to introduce the other man, the myth, the legend that's on our call, uh, the one and only Hami. So, Hami, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm freezing, but I'm good. It's uh, very cold over here. Yeah, no, I hear you. We had snow, we lost snow, we got snow back. Um, but actually, it's funny because I was going to tell you this before, but I thought it was a good time for today. But from our last call, when you and Josh from Battle Miles were talking, you guys were, were kind of hammering in the, hey, got to go outside and run, you know, get up, get off that treadmill. And I was like, man, they are right. Uh, and there's a few posts too that were just like, I saw, I think I've seen the most posts this month of icicles on beards and icicles on eyelashes and then people are just getting at it so i did the same i got out there and got a good six miles outside and, and never felt better so it was, it was, so can it was we, great can we say that and i've seen those posts on our group and here's the sad part they're not icicles they're people's snot and look listen i love it <laughs> and that's your kind of battle scar you were in the cold and your snot froze to your beard but let's call it what it is it is not i hate when and, and jokingly and i say this with love everyone keep posting it because i don't care but that's your snot frozen on your beard, bro. <laughs> I think you're just saying that because you don't have the beard. You, know? you, you don't, don't have, have the, the growth. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Did you do anything fun uh, over the weekend? Anything since we last talked? No, I mean, you know, uh, our guys, obviously, January, I feel, and I'm included in this, and we're going to talk to our guest about this. This is a time right now, I think, um, I'm part of that. You know, ever since college, colleges, you had your freshman 15. I call it a holiday 15. I myself am part of this. From Halloween on, I usually put on about 10 to 15 pounds, but I want to enjoy Thanksgiving. I want to enjoy the holidays, right? And I'm with 99% of our customers now. Now it's about getting back to shape, getting back. Gym memberships are like the cheapest they've ever been. And I know a lot of them are reopening. So um, that's kind of where we are. We're very busy. And uh, the guest we're about to talk to, I'm sure he's going to attest to this too. This is where people are like, all right, let me get back to my routines back to everything. The holidays really throw everyone in a good way, by the way. It's my holidays are my favorite time of year. Um, but now everyone, of course, is like, all right, let's get back to our daily routines and rituals. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, I think without you know further ado, I uh, definitely want to welcome, you know, I'm sure you've heard the name. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. I, I you know, I'm not a, an avid Shark Tank fan, but I, I will admit I get sucked in, especially anytime I'm on the road and it's it's the you know best channel on the hotel TV. I'll be watching four or five hours and, and I've definitely seen the episode. So, you know, our, our guest today is Chris Gronkowski. And Chris, I apologize if I, if I don't correct the title, but owner, CEO of Ice Shaker, is that, is that fair to say? That's correct, man. Awesome. Well, hey, man, welcome. Welcome so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped, man. And um, man, we're talking about running. We're talking about running. <laughs> this is crazy, especially in the cold. I'm from Buffalo, New York, and um, I am, was never a fan of running until COVID hit. You know, it was one of those things where the gym shut down. I had to find a way to challenge myself. I started running. I told myself after I was done playing football, it was never happening. Well, I started doing it and um, ran a three or a 5K. Uh, I think the most I ever ran without stopping was four miles, which was like insane for me. So uh, I joined the group, man, which is, which is crazy to say. I just never thought I would do it. Hey, that's awesome. That's, you'll get the bug now. Yeah, I was going to say, and then it, 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 that's how it starts. It's, it's like one mile, two miles, three, four, and we'll have you at a half and a full marathon in the next five years. Hey, <laughs> first day I ran, I ran, I tried to run a mile. I couldn't. And I also, I try to run fast. So I don't know, maybe if I slow down a little bit, I'd be all right. But 
I'd usually, I, I try to run it fast. I'll usually run under eight minutes, uh, sometimes, you know, more around the lower sevens, but I'm all about just speed. I don't know. I just want to get it over with, I guess. So <laughs> no, that's, uh, fast. that's good. But so, first, so, so let me ask you, and you more of a, you're a pro athlete that we're speaking to right now. So let me ask you before we get into it. And I know we have a list of questions and we'll get into all that. So my question for you on that. So the word run, right? I tell every one of our consumers and people that we talk to, um, and Chris, I, you'll laugh, but this is true. I don't run. I jog every day. Like that's the truth. I say I run six miles, but the reality is I jog six miles. Does that make sense? Like it's not a run. What you're saying you do, that is a run. You're running at your highest potential for that eight minutes, right? Like I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm doing, I mean, I'm sweating. I'm still getting a workout. I think it's the workout aspect of it. And, you know, we, we, both of us in our prospective businesses, that's what we promote is healthier lifestyles. But I think people need to understand, like when you say run, like you can jog it too. And it's just as effective. Oh, for sure. For sure. So yeah, man, that, that was my experience. I mean, just growing up, it was always interval training, you know, playing football was 15 seconds on, you know, 45 second break. So that's how I always train. So actually getting outside and, um, you know, running miles was just a whole different universe for me. And, uh, took me a little bit to get used to it, but yeah, it's like you say, like you, you start and you, you're like, man, I can't even run a mile. Like that's kind of embarrassing. Like I need to step it up. You know, the next day I'm out there running a mile. The next day I'm trying to do 1.25. The next day I'm at, you know, two, and then I'm just completely shot. Everything's hurting. My calves are killing me, <laughs> everything just cause I'm not used to it. So, you know, take a couple of days off and then you're back out there and man, like pretty soon I was doing three miles consistently. And, uh, there's really not a better workout. I mean, like burning calorie wise, just like feeling good about yourself, you know, running that's, that's it. Like, and it only takes 20 minutes really to run, you know, three miles, two and a half miles, whatever it is. That's the best workout you're going to get in 20 minutes. Sure. Yeah. What, uh, no, it's great. Go ahead, is, uh, so, no, in basketball and soccer, soccer is kind of very equivalent to basketball in the suicide aspect of it and run lines. Does football have that, Chris? Is it like if for punishment? If a player does something wrong, what's the football run punishment that's the most popular? So, the most popular is that you hold the bag over your head. So, the sled bags. So, like you go out, the lineman push the sled, you take those pads off and you hold it over your head. And then you run for a solid 10 minutes with the bag over your head. How heavy are those bags? They're, they're probably, I would say they're probably around 30 to 40 pounds, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, just holding anything over your head though. Right. It doesn't have to be a ton of weight, but just holding your hands over your head with, with no weight is hard. And then it's just kind of awkward too. I mean, when you run, you know, you use your, your arm for, you know, for momentum and, um, you just don't have that. So it's, it's just super awkward too. And, uh, I don't even know, maybe, maybe not even that heavy, but man, it is absolutely brutal. Yeah. It's so funny to hear that. And then how many, even to, you know, to hear you, you talking about like the, the drills and the punishments and like, you know, I play hockey and I mean, adult league hockey. So it's not like we get punished or anything, but you know, in, in the younger leagues and everything, it's like the suicides and the, there's a term for it that, that goes back to the, the Herb Brooks, the guy from, you know, the miracle USA team about basically skating until you're puking and stuff. And it's, it's all that. And then you get a group of us, you get a group of 20,000 people now who are paying for that experience and, you know, going out and running races and, and, you know, and as an enjoyment instead of a punishment, it's just a very mental flip, I guess. Oh, but Chris kind of just alluded to it. I think what people like about working out and about sports and everything, I think one of the reasons I do work out every day, the feeling of not doing that, right. And whether you're weightlifting, whether you're running, I think the feeling of not doing it is worse 
because the feeling of finishing it is such a high, even if you had a bad workout, right? It's still a high of, I did it. And I think whatever pushes me through it is always that, hey, but when you're done, right? My daughter, who's 14, she's, you know, Chris, she's a, a lot of people who watch this know that, and they see her videos on my page. My daughter's 14, does basketball at a pretty high level. And I always tell her, like, it's the reward of getting it done, right? Like that feeling of, I did it versus that feeling of, I hate to say that, but of quitting, of not doing it, right? Which feeling do you want? And nine times out of 10, people are always going to choose. I want the feeling of doing it. You know what I mean? Oh, big time. I start my day like that. You know, you, you feel like you accomplished something, you got something done and then bam, keep that energy momentum going and, and go you know, right into your day with that. So it's hard for me not to work out every day at this point. <laughs> do you think now, is that something you've always had kind of in your back pocket or always kind of grew up? Or is that since, you know, kind of starting your collegiate career and on, and then, you know, taking it from there? I mean, this was all the way from high school. Uh, you know, it was something where my dad, you know, he started a whole business because of it, but you know, he put fitness equipment in our basement, you know, ended up 32 years later. He's now the second largest distributor of fitness equipment, but it started because he wanted quality equipment for us. So uh, at a young age, he taught us the right way to lift and, and really build strength and, um, you know, help us get to that next level. So yeah, we were, we were training in high school. And I think since then, it's kind of just been a part of your life, man. Once you start doing it, it it's hard to stop. Yeah, let's start there. And part of our questioning, actually, this is where it picks up. So can you tell us from the beginning, you have, I don't know if you have sisters, I know you have brothers, but can we start there? Can you start the Gronkowski family? Can you start with that real quick? Yeah, man. So five boys, no sisters. Okay. My mom kept trying. I think my name was supposed to be Christina. If, uh, if I was <laughs> and you're the youngest, where, where do you uh, fall I'm, in the... I'm actually the middle of the five okay. brothers. Okay. Uh, so oldest brother played baseball, never played football, got drafted in minor leagues. Uh, second oldest brother, uh, you know, starting quarterback, 6'5", 235 in high school, absolute beast. He kind of started the whole football thing for us. You know, he pretty much was forced to play football because he was so big. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and once we saw him doing that, it was the coolest thing ever. I had to play, you know, my two younger brothers had to play as well. And, uh, you know, Dan, uh, second oldest brother went on to get a scholarship, D1 scholarship. And it was kind of like, wow, it's possible. You know, that's something really cool. You know, I want to try to do that too. And then just spread through the family. So four of us went on, play college football, and then in the NFL at some capacity. And then the oldest brother um, you know, went on to play college baseball and get drafted uh, into the minor leagues as so, well. So, But five D1 athletes. Five D1 athletes. And um, my dad saved a lot of money on uh, college tuition. That was... That so, was so, so did he though? Here's my thing. And this is that you're opening up a can of worms for me. The amount of money I spend on Layla's training, AAU going to a private high school, which is the best team in Delaware. Like I always joke with her, I've spent your college tuition on getting <laughs> like, do you, your dad on pads, on leagues, on, I don't know, in football, I'm sure you had trainers too, right? Coaches like your dad, I'm sure. And five of you, your dad spent a lot of money getting you there. I got to assume. I mean, not really. <laughs> so okay. I would say, I mean, they spent a lot of money on food for sure. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A lot of money on gas. You know, I, I would say, you know, growing up, like our baseball team, stuff like that, they were cheap, you know, maybe okay. a couple hundred bucks for the league. Equipment wise, we passed down to everything. So that's uh, true. My oldest brother would get the new stuff. My youngest brother <laughs> was 10 years younger, was wearing his equipment. You know, 10 years later, was wearing the same equipment, like the hockey equipment, for instance. You know, we would still have the blue pants, the blue helmet, and everyone's wearing black, you know, because blue wasn't in style anymore. <laughs> 
and <laughs> rips in the pants, like all that. And we're still rocking it. So, you know, food wise, 100%. I can't even imagine my mom's bills. Um, oh my God. Food, it was, it was out of control. My dad did do other stuff. I mean, the fitness equipment's expensive for sure. One of the big things that really took us to the next level was a speed coach. Uh, so we did introduce us to a speed coach. I was a junior in high school at that time, but still it was like 300 bucks for the summer. The guy yeah. would just run the hell out of us. And uh, we would run four times a week and uh, just really took us to that next level though. So yeah, I'm sure if you add it all up, I don't know what the average is, but I'm sure each kid was probably, I think on average back then, $100,000 to raise. So yeah, yeah man, okay. it, it adds up quick. But um, I would say that my dad also, he didn't save any money from our college tuition because he would have never paid it. You know, right. we were raised where, you know, if we wanted to go to college, it was, hey, get a scholarship or get a or, loan. Yeah, that was it. Like if you, it, or if you don't want to go, don't go. That was the mentality was if you're going to go, you're going to pay for yourself. You're going to earn everything that you have. So let me ask you last question about your dad and being his, the, what I love, and this is where I want to be for my daughter. He's so devoted to all of you. What is the age? I think you said the age, but in the discrepancy of it, you guys all go kind of to D1s. Was it all sporadic? Was your dad, how did he manage getting to college games? Like, or even high school, this is where my curiosity is. Where, how did he, because did he pick like who had the biggest game of the week, so to say? Like, how did that work out for him? Yeah, he came to as many as he could. You know, Rob and I were together at Arizona, so that helped a little bit, but it was also across the uh, the right. entire nation because you know, <laughs> he's in Buffalo, New York. So that was tough to get to. Uh, at the same time, he's running a full time business as well, so definitely a little bit of a challenge. And then, um, you know, really just went to as many games as he could is what it came down to. But picked out a couple for each of us every year, and then even in the NFL, same way. You know, if there was games that were closer and easier to get to, then he'd definitely go there. Uh, but if not, you know, he was kind of just picking the biggest game of the week. Right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. I mean, it's such a, a crazy story when you think about it. I mean, you know, one D1 athlete athlete is probably, you know, uh, every guy's dream. And then, he, you know, he's got four or five. Um, he's probably, you know, sitting back, loving it, telling all his friends, you know, all that fun stuff. Wow. So I think it's, it's just it's just great. He tells everyone possible. If you sit next to him, you're going to know all about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. So, all right. So, I mean, yeah, you know, so we, we talked a little bit about backstory. I think that's awesome for those that, you know, let's say are, are unfortunate to have not seen the, the Shark Tank episode. Can you kind of just walk us through, you know, what Ice Shaker is all about and, and what led up to, uh, to getting to Shark Tank? Yeah, man. So kind of kick it back to how it started. I'm here in Dallas now. Career ended. I was actually about five years out. I was, I was working with my wife. We had our own business going. It was a customization company, but, um, it was cool. We we're making a lot of money. I was actually making more doing that than I was playing in the NFL. So <laughs> at that point, it was something where I was like, Hey, this is great. I don't need to do anything else, but this really isn't my passion. You know, I could do this the rest of my life. But when people asked what I did, I wouldn't even tell them, you know, I wasn't posting on social media. Like I wasn't telling anyone what I was doing because it really wasn't me. It was kind of like, Hey, this macho football player, whatever is now making wedding gifts. It's like, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, thought of this idea when I was at the gym and it really just came about because I wanted a bottle that could actually mix and blend powders, but would actually keep my drink cold too. So uh, at that time, Yeti was exploding, you know, Hydro Flask was out there, but there's really nothing out there that would blend. So, you know, if you wanted to use one of those bottles, like you, you have to use like a funnel or something, dump it in. And then, you know, there's nothing really to blend it. It was super hard to clean it. You have to get a special brush. And uh, at that point, I was like, I'm just going to go on Amazon. I'm sure someone's made a shaker bottle that's insulated. So went home that day and there's just nothing out there. So I tell people all the time, like it was the easiest idea that no one did. Like these companies could have easily did it, but no one was really in that 
you know, fitness health niche. So it didn't really make sense for them. So decided to make, really make the best bottle I could for myself is what it came down to. You know, I wanted it for work, wanted to use at home, bring it to the gym, bring it by the pool, jump on an airplane with it. Like I just wanted one bottle I could use all day, every day that could actually blend, uh, you know, powders up as well. So went on this journey that sounded super simple and, um, you know, ended up being a lot more difficult than I ever could imagine. But I'm glad I was as naive at the time. I uh, didn't realize how much work it would be and just dove uh, you know, really started as a side hustle, but kind of just started going all in on it. Yeah. And that's what they say, right? Like almost every business, same thing with six day and run, right? It starts with a need, right? A personal need. And then, you know, deep in your heart that that need is also universal, right? And you kind of find people, you even more than six AM run. I mean, shaker bottles for every sport, every industry, every type of fitness class. I mean, and this thing and for design wise, and people will see, well, Ari, we'll definitely get a lot of pictures of the ones you and I got out there. So people know what ice shaker is. And, and I'm sure people have heard of it, but I love the sleek was, was that also something that looked great, right? Like I got to assume that was part of it too, right? Cause shaker bottles don't like, they're not, and I don't know any other way to say it, but shaker bottles are not like sexy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. Junky plastic, <laughs> they break. Like I've got so many mismatched bottles and everything just in, in my cabinets right now. Yeah, this thing is like legit. It is like the Ferrari of shaker bottles. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that that was the goal. I mean, sometimes people will look at it and be like, why is it so expensive? I'm like, well, listen, like I buy stuff that I use every single day. I always buy top end stuff. You know, it's like my phone. Like people are like, how can you spend that much on a phone? I'm going to buy the best phone I can because I use that thing all day, every day. And it's the same with my shaker bottle. You know, I use this bottle every single day, everywhere I go. So when you think about it, you know, something you use every day for 35 bucks is actually really cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and to your point, I mean, to how many, to your point too, like it looks high end, like it, it hits all the marks. And I think it's, it's an awesome, you know, product. So I was on your website too. And I, I saw, you know, just to give people some, a little, little bit more information. So we got the, I think it was the 26 ounce, but it looks like you had a bunch of different ones. So just kind of walk through, like, was that always the plan was to have a lot of different ones to have the customizations or is this something that just kind of exploded organically? Yeah. So we started with one bottle, one color. When we got onto Shark Tank, we actually, that's all we had. And uh, looking back on it, I was like, man, I wish we had colors and all that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't because we were able to prepackage everything. You know, it was one bottle. That was it. So you could only order one thing from us. So we're like, all right, let's package up. You know, quantities of two, three, four, all the way to six and have them ready to go. So we just slap on labels. You know, if I had you know over hundred SKUs like we do now, it would have been a nightmare because I didn't have a staff. You know, it was still a side hustle at that time. Like we didn't have employees. So uh, I was just shipping everything out of the you know upstairs of my house here. So that that was that was definitely almost a blessing that we only had one SKU at the time. But yeah, once once we got on Shark Tank, that's kind of um you know when it exploded. But yeah, originally it was just one bottle. That was it. Like, and that's really at that time, like I just wanted one bottle. <laughs> yeah, that, right. That was the whole idea. And uh, <laughs> from there, Shark Tank comes. And then, you know, we listened to our customers is what it came down to. You know, people kept asking for certain things. If we got the same requests a couple of times, it was like, all right, cool. Uh, it sounds like that's something we should probably do. Uh, and then it came to the point where I would start asking people, you know, I would reach back out to our, our customers and our audience and just say, Hey, what else do you think we should do? 
and I get feedback. And then we kind of take the best ideas, we put them together, and then we start creating more products. So I still do that today, actually. Um, we're doing a US Army official partnership. Uh, we have the oh, license cool. from them. So I just, I, this week I, I posted, I like the black lid on the bottle with the, the digital camo. We also made a gold lid. And so I put them both on Instagram and was like, hey, which one do you guys like better? 55% said gold. And I was like, man, I really like that black lid. <laughs> Every time I go against these Instagram polls, I lose. So um, oh, yeah, I did it in the past. Like I, I had two bottles. We kind of do like an NCAA style where I think we started with eight different patterns and, and colors that we had. We got it down to two. At the last round, uh, it was like 70 to 30 vote. And I was like, yeah, but it made it to the finals. Like it's going to do pretty well. I'll just bring them both in. I brought them both in. And the one color, it took about three times longer to sell it out. So oh, man. <laughs> and I'm, I'm listening to the audience for now on. And it, That's it's smart. And, and I think too, and, and just a cool thing that you can do as a business owner, these polls, you can always go back to and you could DM people and let them know like, hey, I know you picked this. This was the winner. By the way, just so you know, it's now in stock. So it's actually a, a pretty powerful tool for anyone that runs a business and not only wants feedback, but also wants to alert their customers that it's now in stock. So I would say, so everyone listening, uh, Hound Hami on Instagram at, uh, at Hydrate Hero, tell them you want the uh, green apple back uh, and just keep pounding them and it'll, it'll come back. So Chris, just to your point, we, yeah. we had a, a limited edition flavor that I'm just same thing. I mean, we, we tried it, it knocked it out. I think, you know, on customer service side, I probably get an email maybe every other week, at least saying, yeah, hey, bring that back. You know, what, what happened to it? So I think, I think it might need to make a return, Hami. I'm with you. I think, uh, let's just put it this way. I'll, I'll say, I got to keep my mouth shut right now. That's all I will say. <laughs> He's got plans. Um, He's got plans. He does. But, um, let, let me ask you this too. I want to ask, and I, I really, I'll put the link up. It's on YouTube. I will say this. I remember the full episode. I hate that on YouTube, ABC doesn't, but if you have Hulu, you can find Chris's episode. I'm actually going to, I'm sure Hulu has a link. Um, I have Hulu. Um, I don't know if everyone does. I hate that YouTube, I couldn't find your full episode on YouTube. It's a three minute clip. I think the full pitch and full episode is like over five minutes. But I want to say you end up getting Alex and Mark, right? Correct. Yep. You end up getting two sharks. Did you in your mind, because you are a sports affiliated product or a fitness affiliated product, in your mind also, I got to assume you were probably standing there like, this is what I want, right? Yeah, for sure. That was kind of like the trifecta of the American sports right there. You know, NBA, MLB. And, and, you're and, and, and you live in Dallas. Hold on, time out. And you live in Dallas. So that right there, you I don't know if you did you even know Mark because you have your fame to you. Had you ever met Mark before Shark Tank at all? No, I hadn't met him. And um, if I did, it might actually de- disqualified me from getting on the show. <laughs> okay, I, okay. Because that is one of the screening questions that they ask right off the bat because they don't want that connection. Uh, they want it to be real. They want it to be authentic. And it, it is. I, I mean, when I walked out there, the only thing they knew about me was my first name. And that was it. So they didn't know the famous last name even. Uh, they didn't know what my last name was. And they found out once my brothers ran out of the back room and we didn't buy each other. And it's crazy that Ari... Shark Tank, for people that don't know, it's my favorite show as an entrepreneur. Ari said he now watches it. It's so crazy because you don't even know this or realize this. They've been on for, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, they've been on for over 10 years. They've had so many episodes, 
But when you say the ice shaker episode, I'm speaking on personal experience, no data or anything. But when your brothers run out behind you, it's like the most, even me, I remember watching it for the first time and I cursed a little bit, Chris. I was like, oh shit. It's a a shark tank. So there's two episodes, I'll say. There's the one with you and your brothers. I was like, oh shit. And there's a cotton button-up shirt guy when he brought out Ron Artest. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, uh, Meta, he brought out Meta World Peace. Yeah. But you're like, whenever yeah. there's sometimes when a guy or, or woman will bring out like a celebrity partner or a celebrity endorser, and you have your little like, oh shit moment, like this product is possibly very legit. Now let me see the rest, right? And I'll let you take it from there. So you talk to your brothers, you get on Shark Tank, you guys, how long did you rehearse the pitch? Man, I practice a lot. I mean, it's it's months leading up to it too with paperwork and really just back and forth because they start with like 40,000 submissions. And, um, you know, to get on the show, I, I mean, you're, I think they record around a hundred, maybe a little over a hundred. And then even after you record, they might not air it either. So if your episode sucks, uh, you don't even air sometimes. So I think it's like 70% of them don't actually air. And from that too, when you get a deal on the, on the show, it's only like 50% of them actually close as well. So they've got to do their research into you and all the diligence, everything you say on TV, you know, they got to just you know, go back and make sure it's actually correct. Because uh, a lot of people like to just say things that aren't necessarily true. And then, um, you know, the term sheets are pretty rough too. So if you go on there and you're a pretty successful business already, these terms that they throw at you are definitely more aggressive than a normal deal because they're trying to protect themselves. So they get a little bit more juice out of it than, uh, you know, if you just went to a normal investor, uh, cause they have to protect themselves as, you know, as celebrities. So a lot of times people walk away from the term sheet because it just doesn't make sense for them at that point. For me, that was six months into the company. For me, it was like, Hey, you know, it's a take it or leave it pretty aggressive term sheet, but there's really nothing to lose here for me. Yeah. You know, it, right. it hasn't really got to the point yet where it's something big. I mean, we had 80,000 in sales at that point. We we're six months in. So, you know, I was, I was going to take a chance either way. Nice. Was, was your intention to always go to Shark Tank or were you looking at other investors or what was kind of your plans for that? Yeah. So I had an email from, it was from 2012. I was playing with the Broncos at the time. Uh, my agent, Drew Rosenhaus, sent it out to every one of his clients and they were just looking to really expand their audience base. So they knew if they get some NFL players on the show, it's just going to help, you know, drive more people to watch the show. So they sent that out. I started, I went back to it almost four and a half years later and I emailed the girl back and, um, you know, she didn't work there anymore, but she connected <laughs> with the person that did. And, um, I was able to just skip all the steps and do like the video submission. So that oh, was, cool. um, I knew I had that in my back pocket. So when I started the company, I was like, Hey, once we get some sales, I'm going to reach out. So I didn't actually reach out until about three months in at that time we had like $25,000 in sales. And so I reached out because I was like, Hey, at least there's something there now. Like there's, there's a proof of concept. Like we're actually selling product. There is a product. Let's reach out and see like, Hey, when the next time you're recording and all that. So I did, uh, at that point, they're like, yeah, we record in like three months. months (laughs) To take it from, you know, 25,000 in sales to, you know, as much as I possibly could before we recorded. So I could actually get some kind of, you know, decent valuation on the company because, you know, it's, it's extremely hard to value anything, especially six months into it. And, you know, the, I knew, you know, the more sales I could pack on at that point, you know, it was going to significantly like exponentially increase the value of the company. So started doing like every show I possibly could, uh, started to do like made all my friends buy like all that, man, just went all out <laughs> for, for the next three months to, to get it up to, to about 80,000 in sales. Awesome. Now that night, 
a lot of the show, the follow-up, and you guys did a follow-up too, but of the follow-ups, that night it airs, did your website crash? Like what happens on your website that night? Yeah, man, it blows up big time. So we had a cool strategy. So we had an older style bottle that we, we initially launched with, and then we made a newer style bottle and we were able to get it in time, just in time. It was like literally the week before the show aired, uh, we were able to get the new bottle. And so we put all of our old stock on Amazon, all the new stock on the website. And um, within 30 minutes, everything sold out on Amazon. So then at that point, and really the strategy was, was, you know, let's build up our email list. Let's build up our customer base because I didn't know who the customer was. If you go through Amazon, you don't get to collect that data. You don't know who it is. You don't see them. Yeah, we have, we have that issue too. Yeah. You can't retarget them. You can't build an email list. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, Hey, that's their customer. They buy once and you never know what's going to happen after that. So try to drive everyone to the website. Wish we stocked a little bit more on Amazon because it sold out so fast. And a lot of people just do not buy off websites. Uh, you know, they love Amazon. There's money on there, whatever uh, they're going to buy. And they're only going to buy from Amazon. So uh, it still worked out though. So sold out on Amazon. You get this massive wave. You're like that day you get a ma- nice wave. The next day you get a nice wave. But then it also lasts for really about a month. And that's because like you said before, you got Hulu, you got people recording it, uh, watching it later. And then you get all the articles too. You know, you're going to get like the CNBCs and... Uh, lo- lo- local news, right? All that. Yeah. So they're going to pick it all up and that's going to just keep driving traffic, you know, a bunch of buzz. Radio stations going to reach out. They're going to call you up and you know, you're going to jump on as many as you can that are you know, decent sized names so that you can just get it out there even more. And then for us, you know, we aired in October, went right into the holiday season. So just hit that wave too. And then we go right into New Year's resolution. So it was really an October wave all the way through January. And then February hit and I was like, yeah, what the hell do we do now? Because everything just stopped at that point. Wow. Did you real quick back? Did you even get any sleep with all that stuff going on? As an entrepreneur, that's probably a feeling you'll never forget, I got to assume, right? Like that's a, I don't want to say I made it, but just even in pro sports, right? I've never gotten to even your level of pro sports, but when you got drafted, right? Would you compare as an entrepreneur, that's that feeling? Like when you got drafted by the NFL or, or made an NFL 32 team, right? That's up there with that. Am I correct? Yeah, it's definitely, it's awesome, man. I mean, making like making an NFL roster, I, I would definitely say was a bigger achievement just because, you know, Shark Tank, it's it, it's almost, you know, for, for a football team, like, man, that's you like going all day and like a, a lot of physical work. Whereas, uh, you know, with the business, it's just, it's more strategy and, and mental game. So just a little bit different of a feeling, but um, the rush is definitely there, man. And it's kind of, I would say it's more overwhelming too, because there's just so much being thrown at you all at once and you're just not ready for it. I mean, especially when you're six months in, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I truly didn't know how to run a business. I would say until year three, at least was kind of when I was like, wow, like what the hell am I doing? I, I, you know, I need to restructure this thing, build this the right way, game plan, forecast, budget, build a team. And at that time it was just me. Like I, and I was just hustling, trying to do every single thing. So uh, yeah, super overwhelming. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, awesome feeling at the same time, but you're just like, man, how am I like, you know, there's so much work to do right now. And it's just me. To that point, and it's funny, my wife and I talk about this all the time. One of the things I'm with you on that, and let me ask you this personally, and and hopefully you and I'll talk more, but that one of my things I always tell people very honestly, I've never been a CEO before, right? I try to get, and I don't maybe use this word as much because I don't want to scare people away, but I try to get mentorship from everyone with Alex, with Mark, 
Was there people that you were like, guys, I'm going to be open with you. And I think sometimes people get too proud. Like sometimes I even find myself, I'm like, ah, man, I'm too maybe proud, but I need to ask this guy, hey, can you advise me? Were you open and or did you ask? Were you like, hey, no, you know, you just said now you have employees. Same here with me, right? We brought Ari on, we bring people on. At what point were you kind of like, or did you say, I need a coach, like just like in sports, right? I need a coach. I need maybe mentorship. Mark, Alex, anyone step up and say, take you kind of under their wing a little bit to now teach you this business world? Man, so it was hard for me to do that because I was just so competitive and I felt like I could do everything right. myself. So, and at that time, I didn't have kids. You know, I, I was married, didn't have kids yet. So I could work all, yeah, day. all the time. Yeah. All the time, man. So I was, I, I mean, I definitely was putting in over 100 hours a week. You know, I'm working every Saturday, I'm working every Sunday, but it didn't bother me. Like I was used to that. You know, that's kind of, you know, the football mentality. You put that work in, grind it out. And that was no problem for me. I mean, I like doing it. So, I lived in the business way too long though. Like it, it was to the point where my dad would reach out. who has been in business for 32 years. And he's like, man, you're not going to grow. Like you're stuck in the business. You're doing everything. I mean, you're, you're doing the marketing, you're sourcing the product, you're fulfilling the product, you're engraving the product. I mean, you're there at 4am. How are you going to grow this thing and make partnerships and put a game plan together when, you know, you're stuck there every single day, just grinding it out. So it took a while, man. And, and it's funny because like I grew up in these amazing structures and teams, you know, seeing the NFL and like how it's all structured, the front office, the head coach, the assistant coaches, you know, the players. And you're sitting there like, you know, why did it take me so long to figure out how to implement that into my own business? So uh, I really had to step back. And what happened was I had kids, which slowed me down a lot and made me realize like, hey, I got to get some team members here. But then the pandemic hit and it literally stopped me from being able to physically go in and do the work. So uh, once I was not able to do that, I was like, all right, I got to find a way to get this done still without it being me, you know? So that helped a lot. And um, it, it made me really focus. It made me reach out to other people, uh, including my dad, who's been, you know, trying to tell me what to do the whole time and, and trying to help me. You know, it made me really sit back and say, dad, you have 200 employees, you know, at that time when the pandemic, hit, I think I had maybe five, uh, you know, we've, we, I think we have 12, 13, 14 now, but at that time it was like, you know, how did you manage 200? Like, what were the next steps? What did you do? What was the structure? All that. So I started then reaching out to him, you know, after years, he's been trying to tell me, you know, Hey, you need this, you need to delegate, you need to build a team, you need this person, you need inventory control, you need a system or process in place. And, and really what it comes down to it and, and the advice at the end of the day is it needs to run without you there. If you want your business to be worth anything, how can it be if it only runs when you're there? Because when you go to sell it, you're not there anymore. How is there any value if it doesn't run without you? So that was kind of the advice as well. You know, find a way to put all the systems and processes in place where you're adding value, but you're not necessarily, you know, have to be there each and every day to run it. Yeah. And that's, that's funny. You're talking and, and I'll tell our customers, that's where I'm at now. And what I love is you're probably getting this too. It's and it's you get the Aries. I don't know if you know the story about Ari. Ari starts as a customer, right? When you're lucky enough to find a customer that has the love for your product that you do. And I, I fell in that trap too. It was like, okay, I need someone for a customer service or I need someone for this. But you have to hire the people and bring in the people that have that love. I think that's where me as an entrepreneur and CEO, where I was able to kind of step back and let those people do their jobs. Because when you don't have the people that love it like you, of course, they're not going to put in the same effort into... And I'm, I'm just like you. Sometimes too, what I have to tell myself is like, 
you know, it's really, and what you're talking about, and I never, I always didn't think about this analogy. It's the horse to water example, right? Like I always feel like if I spend 20 minutes teaching something, but I can do it myself in five minutes, right? But you know what I mean? So it's like, all right, well, can I do it myself in five? But sometimes it's better to take that 20 and teach people. You know what I mean? Big time. And that was, that was a huge problem I had too. I was the same way it was. I can do this a lot faster. Why am I going to waste my time teaching someone else how to do it? I'll just get it done. I'll just do it yeah. right now and I'll do it better because I know how to do it. And it just wasn't the case after a while because there's not enough time in the day to accomplish everything that needs to be done. And you have to teach people how to do it. And eventually they're going to actually get better than you at it too. You know, once you, you show them the right way to do it, they have more time to focus on it, to get better at it. And they're eventually they're going to do a better job than you can do at it as well. Yeah. Speaking, speaking, and let's talk about the pandemic too. We saw it as well. We had a virtual race that was huge. And then, you know, the pandemic hits, right? Gyms for us, gyms closed. I tell this story all the time. The day, March 13th, 2020, it was a Friday, Friday the 13th. My daughter sent home from school for spring break was supposed to start that day. The school tells us your daughter will be home for two weeks instead of one, and then she'll come back. That didn't happen. But I never forget that Saturday, March 14th, Ari's heard the story probably 20 times. That Saturday, March 14th, we sold one bottle of 6AM run. I look to my wife, I say, buckle up. And I cursed a little bit. I said, I think we're fucked. And what was crazy, uh, Chris, the day gyms closed. And and again, I say this with the utmost empathy uh, for people who did obviously suffer because of this. But the day gyms closed, I think people got stir crazy and were like, you even said it just yourself. I think people were like, can I run? Weights on Amazon, I heard sold out. You couldn't even find weights or anything on Amazon, right? How was the pandemic? And I don't mean this in any kind of braggadocious way, but I got to assume Ice Shaker was also able to capitalize a little bit on health and wellness space because of people now looking more for that, right? Yeah, so it was the same way for us. Like I I didn't know what we were going to do because the gyms were closing. It really, at the end of the day, like why do you need a shaker bottle if you're working out from home, right? <laughs> right, right, right. right. So I was, I was definitely worried about it as well. My dad on the opposite side, who's been in the fitness industry selling fitness equipment, exploded. So uh, he was good, but I didn't know what was going to happen with us. So luckily, what we saw was a great response to it. It's kind of like you said, people wanted to get back in shape. Uh, we really went on just kind of a, a value-driven campaign of, you know, let's do whatever we can to support our partners and our customers at this point. So we started reaching out to our gym partners and saying like, Hey, is there anything we can help with? So I was, I was doing videos for gold's gym. You know, I'm next to the guy that you know started P90X and it's me and him on the website. And I'm the featured you know, guy working out and, and doing at home workouts. So just really cool. just dug in and, um, wow. tried to bring as much value as I possibly could to our partners that we had at that time. And then also to our, our current customers and, so luckily for us, uh, it did work out. I still don't know why we sold so much. I think it's because people got a bunch of checks too at the same time. <laughs> and um, the thing that was going for us is that we were really strong B2C. Our digital was really, really strong. Mm-hmm. And we were always very dominant, especially in, in Facebook ads in that world. So we just kept pushing them and people got checks. And once they got checks, man, it became Christmas and they were just looking to spend. So uh, we definitely capitalized that on that. Uh, we had a good run there and, and it, you know, it really, it kept us going because I just, you know, I didn't know what to do. The gyms all shut down. Our retail partners stopped buying as well. And it was definitely a situation where we didn't know what was going to happen at all. Yeah. I think one of the things too, I want to say, and I think your family and you can attest to this, what we said was, because obviously too, you have 
so many people suffering, so many people going stir crazy. There was so much anxiety. One of the things we just preached on our site was, look, regardless what you're going through, what's going on, the only thing we know, right, is that the healthiest people are doing best right now, right? So that's what we kind of preach into this day, because obviously we're not even out of it yet, right? We tell our customers, we're like, look, just make health priority number one, right? All you can do that you know you can handle is your health. And what I love about a product that you offer customers, right? It's about putting quality nutrition in your body, right? Regardless what brand you use. You know, at that point, we even said, like, I don't care if it's six, you know, we try to provide value. And what I love about your social media, through some of your comedy posts, through everything, I think you guys have also done a great job of also creating content and a getaway of people who already are your customers, right? So I'm sure they come back maybe for like a different color, a different skew. You guys have also capitalized on that community building. Did you want to talk about that, about the Ice Shaker community a little bit? Yeah, man, it's it's huge. I know, and I see a lot of pages that are just straight focused on product posts. You know, it's product, product, product. We sat back, especially during the pandemic, and this is kind of what was all born and just said, how do we provide value? You know, how do we get someone to come to our page and actually stay there and follow us. So we put together a whole game plan of, of things that we thought people would you know, enjoy and actually help them. And that's kind of the cadence that we went on. So we knew workouts would definitely help people. We knew different types of recipes and, and meals. Uh, people really appreciate as well. We knew motivation always did well too. So starting on the week off with like a motivational quote was something that... Um, we always saw do pretty well. And, and we just sat back and said like, hey, let's bring as much value as we possibly can to our audience. Let's do some giveaways, some partnerships as well. And that was kind of the game plan. And then I saw it as a personal approach as well was, you know, at that time, TikTok was exploding. So I personally got on TikTok after being challenged on my own podcast by a kid that I had on that was kind of a TikTok superstar, but realized that it's the same thing, you know, lead with value and you know, you're going to first off gain people's trust. And then at that point, they get interested in what you do. So it's not even a direct sell. But through TikTok, I was able to grow to 350,000 followers in, in 30 days after I got challenged by this kid wow. <laughs> and reached 50 million people, you know, 50 million views on my videos. And um, I had been on TikTok for almost six months before that, posted over 100 times, didn't even have 10,000 followers. So what it came down to was the fact that. I wasn't bringing any value. You know, it was the same thing I was doing kind of on Instagram and I was reposting on TikTok and there was nothing really special there or, or really geared towards anyone to um, you know, grasp or you know, be excited about. So it just changed my whole approach was, hey, let's tell value-driven stories. You know, let's tell stories that people just don't know about behind the scenes of you know, Shark Tank, NFL, and let's answer questions. Like literally all yeah. I do now on TikTok is I answer questions from people and um, y'all you know, still reach at this point, I still reach 5 million people a week. Wow. So, yeah, I love, I, I haven't seen on TikTok, I guess showing my age, I'm not on TikTok, but I am on Instagram and uh, I do, I love those questions. It's, it's really cool to see you just being out there and open and answering just some, you know, not random questions, but kind of random. Like I, I never thought of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, these are, these are kind of, you know, interesting just to get a peek behind the curtain kind of thing. For sure, so for sure. My one of, and this is Ari, I don't, I don't want to take your thunder. I know one of your questions, but if you don't mind, I'll ask. No, you. go for it. So Chris, and we do more of an audio one, but for anyone that, and we'll put Chris, if you don't mind, we'll put your personal, we'll put all your links in the podcast. Chris is a jacked dude, guys. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him and his arm is like ridiculously huge right now. So, but like, can you talk to us about, I obviously, I know you work hard. I don't want to take away from your day of work, 
What is like your day like? You know, obviously us, we talk about 6 a.m. run, getting up early, getting your run out of the way. A lot of our customers obviously have their corporate or their nine to five jobs. What is Chris Gronkowski's kind of day like in terms of a like a shake? Obviously, you have your ice shaker, you're waking up, your workout routine at 35. I mean, you look 25. How do you do that? Yeah, man. So it's it's same thing. I mean, I am up at 6 a.m. every day. Uh, it's usually now what it normally is. Normally, I would usually just wake up and go right to the gym. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I usually wake up, I'll get something small to eat, and I'll answer like my most important emails of the day. Mm-hmm. Kind of check my calendar, get things set up. So that'll be about a half hour, and then I'll go to the gym. And um, at the gym, I'm either working out or I'm playing basketball. Uh, so I'll play pickup cool. basketball. That's my way of running with um, <laughs> like I'm not running. <laughs> so kind of the ultimate cardio for me. And then, um, you know, after that, I'm coming home, I'm getting the kids up, I'm getting them ready for school, feeding them, getting them dressed, all that, send them off to school. And then, you know, it's, it's a normal day after that. So, you know, working nine to five kids come back home or pick them up from school. And then usually I'm back, back working again at like nine 30 or 10 once the kids go to bed. But yeah, yeah no, you're still- let me let me ask you that. You brought up a good point, and I want to end on this. We don't want to take up more than an hour of your time, knowing how busy you are. But you said something about that's my running, that's my workout. What I got from that too, obviously, with all me too, two kids, wife. I, and I love my family to death. I love this company to death. But there's obviously there's a stress that comes with all of that. I'm sure you would agree. Would you agree that also you're working out? I'm not a meditator. I don't know if you are or not. I can't meditate. I can't just sit there and meditate. For me, the hour of running every day is clearing my mind. Um, If I had a bad day yesterday, it's to say, all right, how can I make today? And obviously, that's why I do it early in the morning. How can today be better than my shitty day yesterday, right? What I got, and I'm a basketball guy, I told you my daughter, is basketball, is going to the gym. Would you also agree that not even so much for your physical appearance, that's kind of for you to clear your head and get some aggression out? Would you agree? Big time, man. Stress reliever clears my mind. I mean, it's literally how I created the product. You know, it, it, it's right. something where you get into a different zone, man. You know, you're working out, but you're thinking at the same time, you're game playing at the same time. I mean, I would do that when I was running too. You know, I'm running in the best time. And, and when I'm really, you know, right in the middle of the run is when you, know, you lock into this other stuff. Like you're not even thinking about running anymore. You know, you're really game planning for the day or you're thinking yep. of a strategy for business or, you know, you're thinking about someone you got to call later on or whatever it is. So, uh, that's kind of how working out is too. I get in that same zone where, you know, nothing else matters at that point. I'm just kind of locked in and I'm focusing on how I can get better, you know, throughout the day. So it's almost a way for me to game plan the whole day. Think of new ideas. Like creativity just comes to you for whatever reason when, you know, you're, you're working out or running. It's, it's. Yeah. So do you, do you do all your workouts or anything? Like, are you a no headphones kind of guy? Are you a certain kind of music guy or podcast or anything like that? What's kind of your go-to? I'll mix it up, but podcast sometimes during the week and then music usually. So I'll definitely switch it up though. Big uh, fan of the MFCO project with Andy Frisella was one of the first ones I listened to when I first started the business. He's since moved on to a podcast that's more geared around like, like current events and stuff like that. But his original was like, how to run, you know, basically be, be the CEO of your life, but a lot of just business tips in there as well. So uh, a lot of 4am days where I'd put his, his podcast in and uh, just start cranking out orders or workouts and definitely an inspiration for me there. And then, uh, yeah, music, man, music kind of just puts you in that zone where you just kind of get right. Well, that's, that, that was going to be my follow up. So it's, it's something I'm working on. I'm hoping we're going to get this as a, as a topic for future podcast is kind of that, like, the ultimate list of, you know, like what's the songs that gets you like up and moving, 
I can listen to it a hundred times, you know, just straight run, like over and over and over again. It's, it's your kind of go-to song. Chris, I love everything about your guys' show, Ice Shaker. I thank you. Ari, I'll let you kind of close it out. Thank yeah, you so definitely. much. I mean, yeah, same thing. I mean, Chris, like I said, at the beginning, I was I'm super happy. Never thought you would actually, you know, I, I took the shot in the dark and was like, man, this guy's top tier. I'm going to go for it. And, and you accepted. And, and I, you know, just super excited to, to have you and, and to talk to you and hear from you. Um, and again, thank you for the, the shaker bottles. If I can steal it from my wife, it's going to be, you know, my, my go-to. And as Tommy said, you know, we'll definitely, you know, blast everything as far as socials and for everyone listening. I mean, you know, definitely check out Chris, check out his Instagram. You'll, you'll have a great time on it. And I would just say, you know, I mean, tell us, uh, kind of sign off on where's Ice Shaker going from here. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me today. Big things, man. We're, we're changing up a lot. I mean, we're, I say it's the fourth edition. I mean, we've always tried to improve the bottle. We've always taken feedbacks from our customers to make the bottle better. So we did it again, you know, all new molds, redoing the product. It will come out in June, uh, our new bottle. So I have a third lid. All of our lids are interchangeable. Uh, so we have more of like a coffee lid. We have the shaker lid and then we have a water bottle lid coming as well. But just just tweaked it a little bit, added silicone base. We filled in the gap in the lid so powders can't get stuck up there. The double click, people sometimes only single click it. They don't realize it's closed all the way. So we made a little notch there so people know that it's closed all the way now. So we take everything that our customers say and even all the negative stuff, you know, the negative ones sometimes are the best ones where you're like, awesome. You know, now I know because a lot of people just tell you what you want to hear, you know, and they're they're maybe they're fans of it or your family or whatever. So they're like, oh, this is amazing. But when people really tell you, you know, hey, this is what I don't like about it. That's some of the best feedback you can get. And when I first yeah. started the company, like I would, I'll get mad about it. And now I'm like, thank you. You know, keep, keep, keep <laughs> it coming, please. So that we can get better. So a lot coming. We have a, like I said before, U.S. Army partnership as well. Full digital camo. Pretty excited about that. We're in the esports space. We just signed with the esports Call of Duty League uh, team oh, as well. Cool. So just a lot of cool stuff coming. Just pumped for it. But yeah, check me out at Chris Krakowski. And I want to say too, I mean, and I want to people, listeners, because obviously it's going to take a few weeks, but Chris, Ari and I are going to stay. This is a such a quality item, right? So we don't have a shake. We have a shaker, but everyone knows it's not like something we produce. We would love to be able, um, just I want to end on this. I want to thank Chris. Chris sent Ari and I customized 6am run shaker bottles. And I want to thank you on air too. That was awesome. I just got mine, like I said. So we're excited to try it out. I'm excited. Ari's already obviously been using it. I'm excited to try it out. And um, I'm very hopeful, Chris, we're, I'm going to continue to talk to you. Um, if it's just something that we can, you know, bring to our 6am run community, because real quick too, I don't think we even said yet. And, and I do want to end this, but we haven't said it's not even just ice. It's one of those kind of flask type shakers because we have our coffee. You said about coffee, this keeps items hot as well. Yeah, it will actually keep it hot for a really long time. So you'll probably have to end up putting ice into it after like four hours <laughs> if you want to drink it. So I was actually drinking coffee as we're talking. If I filled my coffee cup with, or my ice shaker with coffee, it would have been like, I wouldn't have been able to drink it yeah. during the podcast. So uh, it does a really good job of keeping it hot as well. Awesome. We'll get you some 6 a.m. coffee soon. So I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. No, Ari, thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank, you, thank guys. you guys so much. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Have a good one. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye.